Welcome to Episodes in Troubled Thinking, a podcast that explores the inside-out nature of life and how our thinking often gets us in trouble. This podcast is a collaboration between two transformative coaches, yours truly, Antti Vanhanen from Finland and Steven Nash from the UK. On this podcast, we take turns coaching each other on various topics and occasionally we'll discuss broader topics about being human. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Antti and Steve. Hello and welcome to the 49th episode of Episodes in Trouble Thinking. My name is Antti Vanhanen. I am the co-host with, of the show together with my partner in crime, Stephen Nash. How are you, Steve? I am well, Antti Vanhanen. Very good. I am well and I'm looking forward to what we're going to talk about today. I yes, am indeed. looking forward to it. So today we thought that we would talk about uh, Stoicism, um, the Stoic philosophy that basically was dead for that, uh, like like hundreds if not like over a thousand years and then it has kind of had a reawakening in the past 10 or 15 years through Tim Ferriss and, and, and Ryan Holiday and it is very often you, you find it um, in uh, like several professional sports teams trying to live by the stoic philosophy uh, is being brought to businesses and business leaders and and is often promoted as a general life philosophy for being being happier and hardening yourself against loss and misfortune and what i thought we would do today is just have a conversation about uh, what it is uh, uh, how it relates to how we see life and where we think perhaps stoicism falls a little bit short or leads us in an unhelpful direction. So how does that sound? Yes, I'm interested. I'm a fan of Marcus Aurelius, actually. I've read Meditations and I know I've also collected two books of inspirational quotes and I know that Epictetus is features and I think he is a, a famous Stoic. So I like I like the words of Epictetus. Not all of his words, but some of them have have kind of uh, moved me. So I'm curious to know more about what you like about Stoicism and maybe what you think is missing the mark, as it were. Now you're aware of this inside understanding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so if we start with with what I like, I, I came across Stoicism about a year before I came across the the um, three principles and. What I really liked about it is that um, we are—they—they they understood that the mind plays a huge role in, or like a very central role in our experience. For example, there is this great quote by by Seneca: "We are more often frightened than hurt, and we suffer more in imagination than in reality." Yeah, that's great. And, and immediately I saw like the truth in that. And I think it's the same truth that we find in the three principles as well. That there's this realization that life is what we make of it a lot of times. And, and the more we spend time in our heads, uh, the more we tend to suffer. And, and that really speaks to me quite a bit. And, uh, you know, they talked about the impermanence of life, which is... I think is, is a great thing because so many times we think that 
this thing is going to go on forever or, you know, like for decades. And, you know, we don't have to take action. And I think that's, what, that's one way how a lot of people cheat themselves out of being alive. I, I I am I'm I see why you're drawn to uh, those words, especially focusing on impermanence. I think mm. it's very easy. You know, we get to be born, we all die, and we seem all of us to not be fully aware of that. Like like you're saying, like mm. our life is impermanent. Our life is. The one that pretends to be Steve M. Nash, anyway. Maybe my my awareness continues, but my existence as this person, it yeah, ends. Yeah. And I live for eighty years or a hundred years. It's still a blink of an eye. It's yeah. still it's still no time. And yet our problems, uh, what he said, what she said, how, how well they're doing, how how badly I'm doing, all of that seems to matter so much. But with impermanence as like a fact. Of life, yeah. just a fact. Then, yeah, death is a fact. Those kind of that adds a perspective that could kind of just give us a little bit of space to all the the mundanities of of day to day life. Just a little bit of space, a little bit of breathing space. So I can see yeah. why that hooked you in a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Stoicism. And, uh, yeah, and uh, another thing that I really liked about it that there was a there's a practice that they promote called negative visualization, and and that sounds kind of weird, and it sounds it was like one of the last exercises I did for myself uh, for 30 days before I came across the, the three principles, and um, but I really enjoyed that one, and it's basically the idea is that you know usually we're told to to focus on the positive you know the possibilities and and not worry about you know think about failing or or, or losing and negative visualization is basically uh, visualizing what would happen if you lost or never got what you want or you died and doing it long enough that you become emotionally okay with it that you find peace with it and in, in doing so, you kind of, uh, you release the fear that you have attached around that, that idea, that outcome, particular negative outcome. And as a result, you're no longer as driven by fear, that you're then more likely to be uh, pushed forward from a place of, of freedom or joy or peace or curiosity. Yes. I know that Byron Katie, I w remember watching one of her videos and somebody was worried about their work and she just asked, well, what would happen if you lost your job? And what would happen if you lost your house? What would, what would happen? And she kept on asking, what would happen? What would, what would, what's going to happen? What, she just wanted to know what they were really, really frightened of yeah. to get to that. Because we, we don't, we don't seem to go there. We make it about the relationship, the job the house the friendships the success and yeah. that they, they we use those to sort of comfort ourselves rather than to know deep down that we're okay no matter what because mm. i guess we don't we don't see that we're okay and maybe that's what they were that negative visualization is a i guess it's a way of waking you up to uh, the horror show that you keep on telling yourself just to yeah. know that it's, it's not real you know yeah, yeah exactly. exactly 
Um, I, I think I find it fascinating that that was the precursor to the three principles for you. How, 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, like the, the Stoic philosophy, I thought like, oh, this is pretty good. But, you know, I felt that always like there was something missing to it, that it was something that I really had to practice hard and apply. You know, it required a sense of discipline. Yes. And, and that's what I see with, with most Stoics, that you, like one of the things that they do is like how they practice is that um, they will deprive themselves of something uh, for example, their shoes for a day or, or, or their bed for a week. And, and in an effort to kind of <clears throat> appreciate it more when you have it so that you don't take things for granted. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess like it's like an early form of self-help that you're, you're focusing on. You can see what the symptoms look like when you're kind of at one with yourself and you're at one with the world. Yeah. And you chase after the symptoms rather than kind of noticing that it's all about your understanding of how okay you are at any given moment or your understanding of how the world works yeah. in any given moment, your your perspective, your your seeing of that. So it's like NLP, neuro neuro linguistic programming. Yeah. It's like a, it's an advanced modeling, probably an advanced form of stoicism just trying to get you to have those those behaviours, those symptoms, chase the symptom, and and but ignore the source of it all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, uh, one more one thing, thing that, that that I really liked about, about um, stoicism is, is this idea that that the opinion of other people doesn't matter. Yes. And and I think there's this this quote by Epictetus, if I find it here. Um, here we go. If anyone tells you that a certain person speaks ill of you, do not make excuses about what is said of you, but answer, he was ignorant of my other faults, else he would have not mentioned these alone. <laughs> and, yes. and, and I find that uh, great that there's this um, sense of uh, emphasis placed on that. It's not the other people's opinion that matters, it's, it's your own. And of course, you know, you and I might say that, well, our, our own opinion isn't really that much either because it's all made up too. Yes. But it's still a better direction to go in than to focus on the opinion of others rather than your own. Yes, ultimately, as Epictetus is noticing, people have an opinion of you. And it's like it's just what they notice. Either it could be a, a strength, a weakness, a flaw, a behaviour. It's just what they are seeing in you, which speaks about them more than it speaks about you. As yeah. he was, as he noticed, you you only notice this flaw. Why? What about these other ones? You know, I've, I've got fifty. Why just pick on this one? It is a <laughs> exactly. bit arbitrary. It reflects the goggles that the person was using to look at you. Yeah. It's about them. Yeah. There's a, there's a self-help quote that I quite liked, which is very similar. It's the name of a book. Uh, what you think of me is none of my business. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I when I first came across that, I was like, I was quite surprised. Mm. But I mean, and again, you can't. It's not something to practice that I'm not going to make it my business. What you think of me? It's just a fact. And then you either see it or you don't see it. 
And this understanding helps you see the truth of that a lot more. But but I, I sometimes people have an opinion of me and it and it bothers me what their opinion is. And sometimes people have an opinion of me and it doesn't bother me. And yeah. I, 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 unfortunately, I don't seem to get to choose because I'd, ideally I'd choose that it never bothers me. But sometimes it bothers me, and it's just I guess it's just a reflection of of uh, where I am right now. What I see what I'm seeing about myself and life, how my awareness or my lack of awareness. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, tell me, what was it then that kind of got you to let Stoicism go and give the three principles understanding a chance? Well, I think one part was the, what I just mentioned that, um, you know, it, it clearly was something that required daily practice and, and lots of discipline and, and maybe it's because you know like I, I've never been like much for for discipline in my life right um, that I tend to do and perform better when I just kind of let intuition guide me in however randomly and when I kind of force myself life turns into a grind um, and so, so I've never, I've never been one of those that's been very good at pushing through those things. Um, so you're already getting a feeling that mm, I'm not sure about this because this feels like I'm going to have to whip myself. Yeah, and 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 the other part, and that kind of like leads to this kind of the bigger thing is that uh, there's this great quote by Marcus Aurelius that really, um, like let's say, exemplifies this my problem with it. And the quote is, "Be tolerant with others and strict with yourself." And, and I like the tolerant with others, but I, I always struggle is like being strict with yourself. It, there's a lot of implications in, in stoicism that we should be, we should control our thoughts and feelings. Right. And, and that doesn't, that doesn't stri- seem to me like a, a good idea. That's that we, it's almost like we have an ideal of that we should be somehow cold and machine-like in order to that the world is inherently bad and difficult and painful and we need to harden ourselves to deal with it. Whereas it seems to me that the, the true challenge is to open ourselves more and allow more the, the, the energies and feelings of life kind of to just flush through us and to just experience all of it. I'm guessing Marcus Aurelius felt that that being tolerant with others and strict with yourself was better than being tolerant with yourself and strict with others. Yeah, yeah. it was, and it was I, better I, than that. And I suppose, like, that's how many um, emperors or whatever they were at the time were had been before him. And, and I think he yeah. kind of, and that might be just simply from that perspective. But there's a lot of this. Um, this emphasis in stoicism that we really need to be in, in, in control of our feelings and if we don't desire so much then we can't be hurt that where there is no hope there is no pain you know this kind of thing yeah and yeah uh, I mean it sounds to me like a couple of things perhaps like a, a lack of understanding of how life works you know uh, an unawareness of this inside out understanding so therefore you come up with these strategies and disciplines because it's yeah. the best you've got um, and the limitation of words uh, so maybe if if you go to um, say you pick 10 blogs on um, 
the three principles understanding you could probably get some quotes some words on all of those blogs that we could talk about and disagree with yeah, because absolutely. because you know but but the, let's say that they were the words that got distilled for after thousands of years then you'd be going well these three principles it's like a load of nonsense look look at those words they don't make yeah, sense that's not how it works and yet and sometimes it's like the, it's what the person was seeing or it's our misinterpretation of those words or it's a bad translation of those words so it's possible that could be at play as well or like the, the person that's these quotes how come these are the things that have got shared by Marcus Aurelius and not the, the wisdom that may, might not be argued with, as it were? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It, it, there's something about that transmission that gets interfered with by all these people that look and then they just bring their own wisdom. And they, there's this, this wonderful quote that cannot be argued with and maybe people don't understand it so it doesn't, it doesn't get shared. Whereas the one that says, be strict with yourself, everybody understands that. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, obviously, we'll never know, like, um, yeah. what markets are really in their big tetos and, and Zeneca and all these people really meant. Yes. Because we, well, you know, it was a different time, it was a different context, it was a different culture, and there's been uh, probably like a couple of translations in between and, and multiple people interpreting the stuff. So, you know, we simply can't know. But. It's kind of what I'm talking about. They seem to be very uh, consistent themes in, in Stoicism and not just right. you know, one or two quotes here and there that I just uh, took exception to. No, no, fair enough. And, and, and I, I've heard of Stoicism um, a little and I've heard of Epictetus and Seneca and Marcus Aurelius because of compiling thousands and thousands of quotes over the last 10 years. Um, but, I, but I don't know as much about Stoicism as you because I've kind of I think I'm a little bit averse to any kind of ism uh, Buddhism uh, Stoicism three Hinduism the, the, pardon? three principleism yeah possibly um, anything anything that moves like there's like a sort of there's a, there's a source of wisdom and then the more words that get added it seems to be that we end up going away from the, the original wisdom if you see what I mean and yeah. so the three principles is fairly new, but maybe in 2000 years, it'll be a, a bit of a mess like Stoicism is maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I know that Sidney Banks is often, I've often heard him saying in, on CDs and DVDs about listening for a feeling above all else. Yeah. That, that does not lose translation. I don't uh, care how many thousands of years someone, you know, we, we're talking about. Yeah. That doesn't lose translation, but it, and it also is a unique, it's a unique message to that person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's one final bit on on stoicism that I thought I'd share that kind of I I disagree with, and that part is that they saw. Like I think there's this kind of like game of happiness that human beings play. Ah. That, and that, that game is that, that in order to be happy, I need to get that, which then becomes the reason why you can't be happy right now, right? It's, right. The, it's the game that all of us play at one time or another. Yes. And, and the way the Stoics, uh, I mean, they identified this too. And the way they went about this is to control your desire, right? Uh. To, to put 
to lock it up in a cage, to restrain it, to to try to dampen it. And and that way you would then be happier. But I just also wonder is is denying really like the the most sensible way? Because it seems to me that it's more useful simply to see that whatever we want is still kind of just uh, a hallucination, uh, like you know, it's it's creative of of thought, and we're free to play with it, even though deep down it doesn't mean anything. And I think when we see it that way, then we're more free to play with it, without kind of getting addicted to it or or making it a, a precondition for our happiness. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. I wrote down notice the desire with neutrality so whatever's coming before we started this conversation we were talking you mentioned um expansion and contraction expansion and contraction which is probably a great definition of of life yeah the universe and everything uh, definitely the universe and desire could just be i don't know let's call that a contraction or an expansion yeah. But 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 it, expansion and contraction, it's neutral because it's just. Of course, one might feel negative and the other positive, but they're neutral because it's just, it's just like life breathing through us. Mm. But we exactly. don't we don't really understand that. And maybe, I one of the things I really like about the three principles understanding is this neutrality. Mm. What's coming? What comes? The the thoughts and the feelings that come up in me. They're neutral. They, they don't mean anything. They just, they're just what I'm creating or what's being created through me, and it changes always. It's always changing. I just, so I don't need to investigate it. I don't need to think more about it. I don't need to think about my past or the future or worry. And, and a lot of what stoicism speaks of can happen naturally. So I mean, I wouldn't. I think perhaps that when you understand inside out nature of human experience you may naturally desire less just naturally you might you might not but you might you know nothing to do but you're desiring less because you kind of know it's not important it's not going to give you what you what you thought it was because you you don't need anything exactly and and it it might be like really great in the moment but you know that kind of in the long term it's not a big thing yeah, there's a there's that perspective, isn't there? There's like you're, you're on the moon looking looking at this blue shaped sphere, yeah. And oh look, that person's got, had a desire. Oh, that that person's me. Oh look, yeah. they, they got it. They didn't get it. You know, it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> in a hundred years, that that little spot, there won't be there. Be another spot. Exactly. Yeah. Is that that there's that perspective is such a wonderful gift. I've found, yeah. Especially it, when I've, I'm having it, you know, somebody can get really, really cross with me, really, really angry, and, and some part of me doesn't like that anger in another person. Tells himself stories about it, etc. But another part can see as, as a space, as a perspective, and can notice and can notice that it's them that are angry, and it has nothing to do with me. And there's this this space you can just hold their anger or to be with it or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah. Our, our anger is just a neutral force. Just It's just come up, oof, little explosion, then it goes down again. Don't have to get angry back with them, don't have to tell them off, don't have to 
they don't have to go to anger management school you know it's just there's like oh wow look at that a little explosion just happened yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely I, I totally agree with that and, and the nice thing is that we just kind of get to when we see the true nature of thought we more or less just get to experience and feel all of it that we don't have to run and hide from something that feels a little bit uncomfortable kind of like that metaphor I told you before we started the call that you know life is sort of like in terms of feelings or experience it, it's sort of like living somewhere where there's only one restaurant where you eat every night and there isn't a menu. You just get whatever the, the the chef made that day from what it felt like and what they happened to have it like in the cupboard. And you can like it, or you can be neutral about it, or you can hate it. It really doesn't matter. But you're getting fed every day. Yeah. And and that's sort of like it is with our with our experience. And and the more we resist and say like, oh, this is bullshit. I don't want that. I don't. I don't want mashed potatoes today. Then the more we're going to suffer. Yeah, and you know what I really like about that sort of restaurant metaphor? It kind of sounds stoic. <laughs> yeah. A little. Because it is kind of how it goes. I mean, everybody's... There's, there's 8 billion of us, and we've all got... We've got 8 billion unique experiences. But we're, we're still all getting served up the same me a meal at the restaurant, and sometimes we like it, and sometimes we don't. Mm. Maybe it's 8 billion restaurants, but it doesn't really make, make any difference. It's... You know, we, we are not in control of what comes next. Yeah. As much as we might think we are. No one is. You go to the restaurant, that's what you're getting. That's exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. And then tomorrow might be exactly the same. Exactly. Might be exactly the same. And, and it's more likely to be the same when, you, when we kind of hold on to our thoughts that you know this is unfair for example if we go to that restaurant every single day and say like this is so unfair that we don't get to choose our meal like last week they had they had steak and i was sick that day so i didn't have it and now there's now it's pea soup again today this is bullshit, right and and that's what we kind of do in our lives yeah yeah and there's something about life that just says oh you you don't like peas. Mmm, cool. Bring on those peas. Yeah, <laughs> Let's give you some more of those peas. Yeah. I don't quite know how that works, but it does seem to work like that. It's uh, it's almost like we know what's... We, the creator of our experience, seems to know what's good for us, and that's what we don't want. Yeah, the dog whisperer actually said... Uh, there's actually an echo. Do you have your headphones plugged in? I do not answer. Blimey, I'm so sorry. Yeah, the, the echo just started now, so or or maybe I just became aware of it. It's hard to tell. <laughs> oh dear, I do apologize to everybody yeah. getting an echo. Now there we go. Ooh, right. how, yeah. So, I wonder what I was going to say. Dog oh, whisperer. Yeah, the dog whisperer. He said that you don't you don't get the kind of dog that you want. You get the kind of dog that you need. And and what he meant by that is that if you have, for example, issues with with discipline, disciplining a, like, then you're going to have discipline issues with your dog, right? Yeah. If you have, if you have um, affection issues, well, you're going to have those kind of issues with your dog. And it's the same thing with children, and I think it just seems to be the same thing in all life. And and, and that's kind of, I suppose, what all life is, that it, we kind of, 
because the outside world is a reflection of our state of mind so yes whatever it is that we have a problem with we are going to keep noticing that over and over again until we become okay with it and maybe that is the game of life yeah yeah and we, we become okay with it and then magically we stop creating it it seems oh we stop noticing it yeah I was just uh, I, I met a colleague of mine for lunch earlier today and I had a, an interesting recollection of something that happened uh, years and years ago uh, you know like I don't know 15 20 years ago about consciousness and about when when something occurs to us and when something doesn't occur to occur to us there's nothing we can do yes. and and it's kind of an embarrassing story but you know it's it's just a podcast so why not okay uh, uh, so we were at a, a friend's wedding and it was a really lovely wedding and, and there was a there was um, a pile of wood behind the, the building where the wedding was and so the um, so I think the best man he, he hid a couple of whiskey bottles in there between in the pile of wood and he told us like all men he's like you know you should go check that the, that the pile of wood hasn't fallen down just just to make sure you know every now and then so then we would just like you know every 30 minutes we just like excuse ourselves from the table with a smile we're gonna go check that the pile of you know wood is still okay and we'd go back there and we would have a little bit of whiskey and then return and you know and then of course it's a typical wedding especially in Finland there's a lot of alcohol that's drunk and um, I was fairly drunk nothing too bad and we went to uh, a friend of mine uh, or the, the sister of a friend of mine's place and because it was in a different 200 kilometers from Helsinki and uh, so I got a mattress kind of like in the in the hallway next to the outside door and the bathroom door yeah and then the two other couples you know they slept one slept in the living room one slept in the in the bedroom and I remember um, waking up sometime you know really early in the morning like six o'clock or something and I, I had to pee so bad and first even though I was sleeping right next to the bathroom it never occurred to me that there was a bathroom there and that was an option and so wow. so I'm sneaking around the the, the, the apartment still so like you know I like drunk off mine now like like really busting to pee and I don't know where to go so finally I go to the kitchen like oh there's sink there the kitchen oh sink God. and it, and the only problem was that you know the sink was <laughs> was full of dirty dishes and and uh, you know like you had a lot of water so they could kind of rinse they'd been left overnight and i'm like yeah but what else can i do you know like i was gonna pee my pants and that's that's i can't do that so so i'm trying to pee really quietly into that water and clearly realizing and i remember this very clearly clearly realizing that there's this is somehow wrong and i shouldn't be doing this that if someone saw this they would be really angry with me and at the same time, it never once occurred to me that there's a bathroom that I could and should be using. And, yeah. you know, anyways, then I, then I do that and I, and I go to bed and, uh, and I wake up relatively early in the morning. It was like nine o'clock and the others are still sleeping. And I'm like, I remember, oh, no, I peed in the sink. This is terrible. And I quickly go to the sink with the idea, like, I'm going to pull the plug and let the water out and put new water in. Nobody will ever know. And, I, and I'm doing that, and that massive pile of like dirty dishes is like blocking that kind of, you know, the sink, the the plug in the sink. Yes. And I, and I can't get it out, and I'm like trying to get it out, and then uh, my friend's girlfriend who was sleeping sleeping in the living room is like, Auntie, are you doing the dishes? And I'm like, uh, No, just needed a glass, so I'm just washing that real quick here. 
or something like that. I'm just trying to yank it out really quickly, and I and I yank on the cord, you know, trying to get it out, and and the cord comes loose from the plug, but the plug stays in. And I'm just like, <laughs> and, I'm just, and I'm just like, oh no, abort, abort, and I just left it, and you know, washed my hands and just left it. <laughs> And it's just so amazing that that in that moment when all of it was happening, it never occurred to me that that you know there was an option, yeah. even though it was an option that I use, I don't know, three to six times a day or something. And yeah. it just and and it just shows that when something doesn't occur to us, we yeah. don't have a choice. You know, we can't we can't make that we can't choose that behavior. And no. I suppose this is why I'm I'm telling this and how it leads to like back to stoicism is that. We can't control our thoughts and feelings because we don't we don't get to choose what occurs to us in a, in no. a given moment, and and uh, this is not to say that you know what I did wasn't kind of you know <laughs> childish and immature and douchey, but I really it, it was it was one hundred percent innocent. And, uh, no, yeah, but you've so, kind of you've kind of hit on um, the trouble with the world. <laughs> we've got we've got all these people doing the best they can with with varying degrees of awareness of choices and very little and a misunderstanding an overall misunderstanding of how life actually works so everybody's trying to control circumstances and situations and get what they want because they think that's the answer and and then you just you just add a lot of people to do that and it, becomes a kind of a chaos and everybody's managing everything and you have political correctness and there's when you get found out you've got to apologize and you you know you, you can't just say that was the best i had at the time and everybody kind of get yeah wasn't very good was it but i guess that's how it works people yeah. don't they don't see that so you've got to kind of backpedal and say i'll never do it again i'll never do it again whereas, whereas you know you have no idea you'll never do it again because exactly. you don't know what's you don't know what's coming next yeah you don't know what you'll see and what you don't see and and what i'm kind of you know when i look up look back on that kind of like how it felt and and, and what happened is like i realized that i recognized that feeling you know kind of when i'm peeing in the sink that this is somehow wrong that if people saw me they'd be upset yes but there's just there's just no alternative in my mind yes and and and, I, and actually i recognize that that same i've had that same feeling numerous times you know like uh, I, I can't i can't say how frequently but just just over uh, i don't know dozens maybe hundreds of times i don't know yeah and have you always still gone ahead with the action has that has that has that knowing never kind of said you should be doing this and there is another way look it's, for it's, it it's, it's hard to say if, if if i've always gone through with it but probably most times i've gone through it because i haven't understood that feeling and what it's saying yeah because it feels yeah, yeah. more like shame even yeah. though it's not shame you know or it's shame that it, there's like the shame comes from uh, the the kind of recognition that you're doing something wrong but when you don't have an alternative to that yeah. action and you really need to yeah. like in that moment i had to pee somewhere yeah 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 then, so it's like a, an awareness of your limitation and you're almost ashamed of of you being reduced to that in that particular moment yeah or you know it might be like also the same that you might get like really angry at another driver in traffic yes and you kind of feel ashamed that if somebody yeah. saw you yeah but in that moment you know they, they they you know they cut you off or they're driving too slow or 
or and you were in a rush and now as a result you're gonna be even more late you know and it just seems that it's clearly that's what's causing it and it doesn't just occur to you that maybe that's not what's causing it you know I was just I was thinking of because um, when I have road rage now I very quickly start laughing as well at, at the stupidity of it and I was just imagining dr. Aaron Turner being uh, in Finland uh, near Helsinki uh, and peeing in the sink like you were doing <laughs> and like him being reduced to that and then afterwards him laughing at himself yeah for it came to that in that moment and you know you see what I mean like he's he, he was he did it he did it and then afterwards he was he thought it was funny and maybe apologize etc because but in that moment this was the best I had <laughs> <laughs> and you could you like like yeah you know you can kind of see the funny side of it now yeah but you could get it then right then you could get it that yeah. is funny yeah and i think that's kind of like what comes over time when you look in this direction you kind of yes become more and more likely to catch yourself earlier because i remember uh, i was talking to somebody recently that <clears throat> when i came across this understanding and you know i'd like to hear your opinion how it went for you is that sometimes I would realize that I'd, I'd wake up to kind of being in a, in a, in a shitty thought-created storm and realizing I've been in this same shitty thought-created storm for like three days now. Yeah. And it never occurred to me in those three days. And these days I usually catch myself within minutes, not always, but most of the time it's, it's pretty quick. But, you know, like I won't, it won't last, you know, hours or, or days these days anymore. But that's kind of just come through over time. You just learn to recognize kind of what these feelings and, 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 and these kind of patterns repeating. And do you have a, a similar feeling? Yeah. I was going to say it's like a mindfulness without the mindfulness. Yeah. You, you, just, you end up just, you're just noticing. And then you, so I know that a lot of, I know that myself and maybe some of the people I coach, they see something about themselves or they see that they're, they don't understand the three principles or that they, 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 they're not, they're being a bit harsh with themselves or being a bit critical of themselves. Yeah. And, and they get, they get cross with that. And then, and I, oh, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. And then eventually they notice that they're forgetting less yeah. often. Or it, so I noticed for myself, yes, um, I'm, I, I know, I know that, more often than not, I look in more than I look out. And sometimes what I see in disturbs me, mm. but it disturbs me for less. And like the road rage, like when, like say five years ago, be before I'd come across the understanding, I'd, yeah. I, I don't drive very often. And so it puzzled me that I used to get road rage because I was kind of think, well, road rage should happen when people drive a lot. Not just people that get in a car and 10 minutes later they've got road rage. So I got puzzled by my road rage five yeah. years ago. Now it amuses me. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, my ro I have less road rage as well. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, you catch yourself doing it quickly and you realize that it's actually not the other people that are causing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know... Yeah, because I, I can be in a hurry, and when I'm in a hurry, when it's important that I get to somewhere, then I'm less patient and maybe more less tolerant of other drivers. And then all these other drivers, they're all in a hurry as well. 
yeah. kind of a recipe for disaster yeah, in a way. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting little uh, twists and turns there, Auntie. Interesting yes, indeed. indeed. That was a that was um well anyway like an interesting story to share. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, um, I know you were sort of saying that stoicism is kind of flavour at the moment, a bit, bit like mindfulness probably still is as well. Mm. It's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it. Um, I, you know, I, I think I was a, I was a fan of self help. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, and some of it has helped, and but I kind of noticed it was a bit off, and like you noticed, stoicism was a bit off, and I think I think these things will serve people, but then the the inner wisdom will also speak and maybe keep them going and saying it's not that really, yeah. you know. So you, you never can say what mistruth or misunderstanding, how that misunderstanding might still serve to yeah. keep you going, keep going, yeah. keep looking. Yeah, but, exactly. And we, knowing this insider understanding, as we do, are less easily seduced by the not quite right wisdom that may or may not be popular. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think one reason why, why Stoicism also is so popular at the moment is because it taps... It, it, it kind of recognizes some deeper tr truths about life than I think most modern self-help. Yeah. And yet at the same time, it has a lot of instructions and practice so for people to apply. Yeah. Right? So it kind of fits in what people are used to looking for and wanting. Yeah, and, and doing. And, and uh, I hope that the next step will be that you know people will turn to understanding rather than practice because it's, it's not only the, the gentler way, but in my opinion, it's by far the, the more effective way. Yeah. Yeah, in my opinion as well. Very good. Should we um, wrap it up here and uh, save yes. some of our ammo for whatever episode we come up with next? Yes. Thank you very much, Shanti. I appreciate uh, your wisdom and sharing as ever. Thank you. Yeah, likewise, Steve. And to our listening listeners, thanks for listening and We'll be back next week with a new episode. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Episodes in Troubled Thinking. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you took a minute to leave an honest review on iTunes because this will help other listeners discover us as well. We hope you have a great week and we'll be back with a brand new episode next week.